STC pod and the opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the presenters therein, without any affiliation or obligation to any establishment, either real or imagined, even if they wanted it. Now, get ready and hit start to continue. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of STC Pod. You're listening to episode number 117. Just wanted to remind you quickly to subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash start to continue. You can follow Bill on Twitter at STC Pod. Check me out at AC Decepticon. Bookmark stcpod.com. Listen to us on iTunes. As well as you can find all of our episodes on Podbean at www.stcpod.podbean.com. And if you're listening to us, why not check out some of the great podcast blogs and videos from people in our community at cartridgeclub.org. As always, a big thanks to everybody who checks us out every week, which is when we post our new episodes on Friday. Now let's get on with the show. Get on with the show. That's a snazzy opening you got there. Thought we'd uh, mix it up for a bit. Going professional? Uh, just getting it out of the way in case uh, you distract me and I forget about it again. It's like this other slick show I've been listening to. I, I don't know if you've heard it, this... Uh Pretty fancy podcast now. It's called Transformers and Beer. They got a real slick opening now, never, all uh, production. Never heard about it, but uh, what do you think of it? It's pretty full on production over there. You enjoy the topics that they talk about? <laughs> yeah, of course. And uh, it doesn't drive me crazy at all that uh, currently Transformers and Beer is getting way more downloads than uh, this modest program. Hmm. Doesn't bother me in the least. Quite, I'm quite happy for it. Well, the, the Transformer community, I hear, is, uh, they're very intense. They're very loyal. Mm. Maybe they, it's, they uh, find something that they like, they like to, to hold on to it and help promote it. Could be the opposite. Maybe they have a very short attention span, so they just, you know, listen for five minutes and then, uh, re-click it again the next day, and that gets a new, uh, Oh, maybe that's it. More analytics. Well, in way. the end, all that really matters is the numbers, right? Yeah, that's it. Is the numbers? It's the most important thing. Anyways, nice work over there with this uh, brand new intro scheme of yours. Well, thank you for that. I will pass that on to the powers that be. How much uh, you putting a lot of time into cutting that thing together? Lots no, no time at all. Lots actually, of effort. Nope. Hmm? Just put a song in there like we do for ours, and uh, that's it. Hmm. Easy all peasy. Right. All right. So what's happening? We're here, uh, we're in the middle of the night again together, face-to-face. Is this exciting for you? Another Tiffany episode? Sure, love it. <laughs> you love it, eh? You've been waiting all night to get this going. Yep. So excited. Here we are in a new world, a brave new world. What are we, day two of uh, the President Trump uh, world? We get to observe from across the border. It's, it's so scary, I don't even want to really watch anything that he does or, or even hear about him it makes it's interesting at work because we get to come in and what he's a newsmaker what'd he do today oh he did this and this yeah but he's so unprofessional it's it's really really disturbing <clears throat> i just heard for the first time the new york times and i could be getting my facts wrong but that's okay nowadays in the this day of alternative facts however the new york times a real newspaper out there First time amongst any uh, newspaper 
that uh, they're actually including footnotes in their articles. What do you mean as to where they got the information from? Well, they have to report on uh, the, the Trump news or the Trump people and their alternative facts. And so in order to uh, explain what the real fact is, they have to footnote it. So it's an actual news article with little footnotes in it. And you go to the bottom of the article and you can get the actual real fact of what. Uh, that's ridiculous. Man. <laughs> yeah, that's a real thing that's happening. I think people are really, really going to miss and realize how much they do miss Obama now that he's gone. And how good we had it for eight years. I don't know. Is there is there anything else you want to say about this? Because I, I literally find it super depressing <laughs> having to think about and talk about Trump. I, I don't even really want to acknowledge his existence. Well, no, nah, it's just kind of fun. It's kind of fun to see the circus. It's sad. It's totally sad, man. He's going to reshape how a lot of things are done in these next four years. And it's more than likely going to be for the worse. All right. Well, moving on. This is not our uh, our deal, anyways. Politics, is it? Nope. So, uh, what else? What's going on? Well, you want to get us up to date with something? You got any interesting? Uh, uh, not up to much. Not up to much. Uh, just celebrated my anniversary weekend. Oh, right. I saw those pictures. You and uh, you and the missus uh, touring Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, we went down to Mar-a-Lago. Figured it'd be safe since he's not going to be there. No, I went to uh, Niagara on the Lake for a day and a night and just had a nice uh, little bit of quiet time with us, even though it wasn't quiet there because it was the Ice Wine Festival weekend. So it was fairly, not crazy busy, but busy, especially yeah. for that time of the year. Did you... Uh, Solve the planet better next next year and uh, make sure nothing's going on that weekend. Did you bring lots of lube? Lube. <laughs> yeah. For what? Yeah, well, good times. Uh, yeah, we checked out some wineries. <laughs> no. Was there lots of banging going on? Dude, what kind of talk Come is on. that? Come on. Full this on banging. Respectable podcast. <laughs> now, when you get into a hotel room, you can't contain yourself. Will you just throw a rate down on the bedspread or, you know, recognizing the possible germ situation, will you at least peel back that bedspread? Yeah, uh, the top uh, the top cover comes off. Yeah, you'll never just throw her on top of the bedspread. No. Because of possible. No, but we got, we got, um, we got moved, actually. We had, we're staying at the Queen's Landing, which is uh, the hotel... That has the restaurant that we like to go to for dinner with an inside of it, right? So especially at this time of year, like wintertime, you can't tell what the weather's going to be like. So it's nice not to have to travel at nighttime. You know, like rent a cab, pay for a cab, and then go out and then have to come back. Or, you know, it's just you could leave your hotel room, go down to the restaurant, and then go right back up to your room, right? If you're tired and just relax. You don't need to bother with any kind of snowy weather or anything like that. No, I get you. Go on. Uh, so when we got there, we got uh, the receptionist goes, oh, we put you up in the Admiral suite. Hey. So I thought, oh, okay, this is like some top floor of the hotel that I haven't seen yet or something like that. 
No, it was a separate cabin from the 1800s or um, just beside the hotel. It has like three suites in it. And uh, so, yeah, they put us up in there, which was nice, I guess, in a way, because the rooms, it had three separate rooms, so it was bigger than your average hotel room. Yeah. But then to go to anything, you'd have to, like to go to dinner, we actually had to walk outside of our room and, you know, walk like two minutes outside to get back into the hotel. And then we had brought our swimsuits and then we couldn't go swimming because then who wants to leave your room at nighttime to go to the pool and have to go outside for that and then walk back through the cold again to get back to your room, right? Well, you could have changed at the pool. Yeah, but then your hair gets wet. Your hair? Well, my, not my <laughs> hair, but my wife's hair. Yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's dark and actually it wasn't really cold then, but it was really foggy, but you know what I mean? Mm. Just the convenience of the whole purpose of having a book in that place is to have everything inside. And now I was shuffled outside. Yeah, you had a massive suite all to yourself. So pure privacy and you're complaining. Was there a fireplace in there? <laughs> yeah, there's a fireplace. Well, what are you complaining about? I had to walk to the restaurant for twenty two seconds. Yeah. Holy but it was just, Yep. Well You know what I mean. I know you So uh, next year, I don't know. If I I probably wouldn't stay at that place again. I'd it, insist on staying indoors. It sounds like you won the lottery right there. They upgraded you to this palace outside the grounds, and it's not good enough for you. Did you want limo service from that cabin? To well, they the, offered even shuttle service. Yeah. But I go, for the amount of time, uh, I could walk there in two seconds. <laughs> but it made you angry. But it was a purpose. I it will never the, stay uh, there again. Jesus. Ay, ay, ay. It was nice. We didn't buy any wine this time. We just uh, checked out a couple wineries and uh, walked up and down the strip. And that was it. Antique shops? Thrifting? No, I didn't bother. There's nothing really on the strip like that. There'd be some uh, antique places. Uh, yeah, but they're more on the way into the main strip as opposed to being like in that general area. Mm. And the prices would just be jacked up anyway. So how much banging got done here? I don't know. Did we figure that out yet? No, we didn't. I My math isn't very good, so. <laughs> speaking of which, though. Why are you clamming up today? Uh, last week, you were all wild with the stories. Well, speaking of which, my kids, we PVR'd uh, Frozen, you know, the Disney movie. We're speaking of this? Speaking of what? I don't know. You said speaking of which. And you go into Frozen talk. Well, no, it's just... Um, They've been on that Frozen kick, so every day they they want to watch Frozen, right? Mm-hmm. Especially the two-year-old. Did you do you ever think Elsa was hot? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which one was that? Well, the the blonde, the one with the powers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, both of them. Because there's that one scene where, you know, when she finally sings that song, "Let It Go," for the first time, and she's creating her castle, and then she magically 
alters her wardrobe and she lets her hair down into that one long single ponytail. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, wow, I can really. <laughs> that got you going. Yeah, I could. Uh, I could see myself going for that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I bet you could. You ever think of that? Like with cartoon characters or anything like that? Yeah, shit, yeah, of course. I remember, I think the first, I don't know why this is popping in my head now, but you got me down this road. The first cartoon crush I probably ever had. Do you remember the uh, Dennis the Menace actual cartoon, like uh, the comic book? Did you ever see his uh, mother? Do you mean the cartoon or the comic? The comic. Uh, yeah, I remember it. Do you remember uh, how they drew his mother? She no. was smoking hot, let me tell Hourglass you. Hourglass figure? And uh, remember the comic strip um, Dagwood? Was that what it was called? You know, yeah, the Bumsteads? Yeah, I don't remember. I know the name. It's been too long, though. The ladies in that comic strip. Mm. Hell yeah. Let me tell you. But nothing cartoon-wise, like animation? Because I know for me, there's a lot of uh, Japanime. Oh. That's why you were watching that Figures. Well, like, you know. Well, that's different. The anime style is... um, I don't like them super over-accentuated. You know, like, uh, to the point where it's not realistic. Because that can sometimes happen in these weird, crazy anime cartoons from Japan. Yeah, no, I don't like that style at all, so. But, you know, like some of the people like from, uh, I think there's a couple hotties in the Robotech cartoon. But yeah, it's just like, I hadn't seen Frozen since it came out. And then I saw her like last week and I go, holy crap, she's smoking. Even remember uh, the 60s Spider-Man, you know, Betty, she was pretty hot. Betty Brant. Why do you always talk about old stuff? <laughs> Nothing new or relevant that anyone would know about? That's too easy. Everything is drawn uh, to pure detail and perfection nowadays. Let's, you know, let's go back to where we use our imagination a little bit. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, so that was my weekend. Dreaming about cartoons. Huh. The fact that I've seen Frozen probably five times in the last week. Well, that's all. But I'm still enjoying it. I like that song. That no, that song was it deserved all the accolades it got. It was it is incredible. She's going on Incredibly tour. Incredibly crafted song and performed. Adina Menzel. Mm-hmm. She's going on a. I don't know if it's a worldwide tour. I think North America though. At least in the states. Because she was in that. Um, Originally in the uh, a Broadway show, um, you know, the witches, the good witch and the bad witch. Mm, yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Uh, witchers. What? No, uh, witchers. Witch. No. Ah, crap. Good, good witch or something. Like, not no. that's not the title, but yeah. Anyway. I saw that because uh, that's the last play I went to with my wife. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think she played the the bad the bad witch, right? I don't know. The green I one? I never saw it. I know what you're talking about, but I never saw it. Because I remember when I saw it, um, 
It was the first time I had a front row seat, so I actually got a good, able to get a really good peek at, at the cast members, and the green witch was actually hot. Yeah, she's hot, even with the green makeup on. Hmm. What are you smiling about? <laughs> Nothing. What are you thinking about? <laughs> Nothing You're thinking about some hottie, hottie you cartoons. Your, you and all your Broadway plays. I like my Wicked. plays, man. Wicked, that's right. Thank you. Big breakfast for me. I really enjoyed that. I'd go see it again if it, if it came back. Really well done. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you love your musicals. Well, have you picked anything up lately? No. It's been uh, dry as anything. Nothing happening. Nothing going on out there ever since our last pickup video. Um, and my value village is moving shit around again, moving the shelves around. So I don't know if they're holding off putting stuff out, but they've actually moved the video games to their own shelf now. Uh, opposite. Used to just be part of the DVDs. Now it's getting its own shelf, uh, f like facing where the other shelves were. That could either be a good thing or a bad thing. What do you mean thing. own shelf? It's getting its own shelf. It's just video games. And it's nowhere yeah, near like the how many How many shelves is it getting? It's getting one big long shelf at this moment. Which is going to be combined of all the crappy PS2, PS3 games and yeah. the Wii's. And yeah. Mm. And uh, so does that mean they're going to take more care on video games and price them up now that they think they're, you know, big bucks or something? Or does it mean they just don't care now and they're all going to be a generic one price, which some Valley Villages do? That's a shame they're not more consistent. Um, I told you my one of my thrift shops raised their prices of their generic loose games to match uh, V-squared, right? Oh, yeah. The prices went up... Uh, uh, two bucks. They're they're like generic one price for all video games price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so it was it was worthwhile, but not anymore. Hmm. So that's been moving around. There's nothing. I'll tell you a little update um, on my eBay status. I finally put that uh, that Pro DV cam that I got from Value Village for like. What, 17 bucks or yep. 20, I don't, 25 bucks? I don't know what I paid. It was cheap. So that uh, eBay has finally wrapped up and a nice, tidy little profit for this guy. So I'm very happy. Did that uh, camera actually work? It worked, yep. Did it you was, list it properly? I hope so. Because if, <laughs> if it comes back that, you know, they don't agree that it was listed properly, it could be a real nightmare. When I saw the price going up and up, I'm like, started getting nervous at, oh my God, did I do everything properly? Because now we're in, now we're in the big box. So and how, I, are you, how are you going to ship that then? It's ready to go. It's uh, I got a perfectly sized box. It came in its own bag, right? So it's already self-contained. And then I went to a grocery store and found a perfect box for it, uh, like for crackers, and it fit in there perfectly. And uh, away it goes to Georgia. I hate it when I get stuff shipped to me in uh, food boxes. <laughs> like I'll get a, a transformer shipped and it arrives like in a, I think I had one arrive one time like in a fruit box. 
Yeah. Well, what wrapped can you do? with plastic bags. Wrapped with plastic. See, that's what I'm wondering. Do I have to like cover up the outside of this cardboard box because it says like uh, Ritz crackers or something on it, or can you just put the shipping label on it and you're fine? Uh, you can just I put the label on. Let's face it. If they want to open it, they're going to open it. Well, I'm, it doesn't I, matter what it's. I've already prepaid the shipping label and all that, Jeff. I'm still going to take it to the counter and say, "Did I do this right? Can, is this fine?" And have them double check my printing, mm. my uh, postal label. But well, uh, that's cool. So I guess you're treating. You're paying for my VIP ticket to the no, no. Uh, Barry Game Exchange. No, uh, funds are still being held because I'm a new seller. So yeah, they're uh, held up to for 21 days. 20 days. And but yeah, then Barry if Game Exchange out, is. And then not going to be the next 21 days. That money's in the digital realm, so it's not. Well, you could just wire it to Haji because no, he's reserved us uh, four VIPs. Four. You, me, Kevin, and Sarah. Uh, so hey, do you want to hear what the final uh, bid was? I didn't think you wanted to tell anybody. Ah, of course. Uh, it's interesting. But you got to claim this on taxes. Oh, if I say it? Yeah. Do you it's, really? It's income. Well, no one knows who I am. It's not income. Maybe I uh, bought it for the same amount that I sold it for. You've already admitted that you didn't. <laughs> but this is all a character, right? <laughs> this is all scripted, uh, zany stuff. Anyways, the, when it finally the, the, the bidding stopped, I had it on a 10-day auction, and uh, it went up to $235. Wow. Plus, uh, this person has to pay, like, Forty dollars in shipping to get it down there, and that person paid right away. The second it was done, I had uh, the funds in the account, which is a nice thing because I just had another item finish up on eBay, just a little fifteen-dollar item, and uh, this guy actually sent me an. It was a buy it now, and he sent me an offer of five dollars less, like fifteen bucks. I had it for 20 So I said, yeah, I'll take that. Accepted the offer. It went sold. That was two days ago. I'm still awaiting payment on it. Well, I think is, they have up to three days to pay for it. What is they? with it? I don't get it. I don't get it, man. Did, like, you, did you message the guy yet? Uh, he's eBay. Uh, you know, he gets the eBay notifications. I've sent an invoice as well. But, I mean, you know, you and me, we've been buying off eBay for 15, 20 years. Aren't you excited when you win something that you send the money instantly so you can get it shipped to you even faster? Yep. I absolutely. Don't, I don't get what goes through people's heads. Well, I find uh, etiquette seems to be disappearing for a lot of people. I, well, if I'm interested in an item and I'm going to buy it, I want it as fast as possible, so I'm going to pay for it. Especially something as meager as fifteen dollars. Yeah, I and you know what? I used to do that right away too because I wanted to make sure I got, you know, like a five out of five uh, rating back from the the seller, right? Right. Yeah. I don't think people even care about that anymore. Yeah, I think you're right. Anyways, this is destined to go. If he does pay, it's going uh, out to the West Coast, going to Compton. West Coast in the States? Yeah. Compton. So it's going to... Compton. It's going to where the Q-Dogs are. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that's West Coast. Uh, yeah. So that's been my eBay action. 
Good stuff. Successful. I don't know when, what level I get to where I can finally just get my funds immediately instead of waiting for eBay to I release I don't think they me. give it to you right away, do they? Yeah, when you have so much experience, they finally just let you have your money. Hmm. They don't put you through this waiting process. And, of course, now uh, in Canada, we're stuck selling or listing in Canadian dollars. They uh, used to be able to choose if you want to list in U.S. or Canadian dollars. So when you, for us in Canada, listed it in American dollars, it was an, an additional little bonus when you, yeah. you know, transferred that to Canadian funds. But now we have to do it all in Canadian dollars. But it was interesting. I had gotten my eBay invoice for the last month, and they still charge me in American dollars. Isn't that something? Can't wait for the day when something comes new and takes over eBay, replaces it completely. Why hasn't that happened yet? Uh, Why are we still dealing with this eBay nonsense where they keep tacking on extra charges for essentially the buyer to pay? And the, well, seller, the sellers just get off scot-free. No, no. <laughs> no, the seller's not getting off scot-free. I have to pay PayPal and I have to pay eBay. That's Cuts. minimal compared to what the buyer has to pay in terms of shipping costs. Mm, nah, they're just paying for shipping. Yeah, but they've tacked on the GSP program too. Well, sometimes. I'm still saying the buyer is getting off scot-free. It's just the money grab. It's uh, it's tougher for the seller. <clears throat> yeah, well, they promoted that that the seller they're doing all this for the seller to help cover cover and protect the seller. Hmm. Right. Uh, That's what the GSP program is. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's no even hint of that going the other way. Like for me nope. to send to the states, there's no. Nothing for me to click on to get that going. Surprisingly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. I'm still playing my Final Fantasy 15. Oh, what have you been playing? Final, F- Final <laughs> Fantasy 15. <laughs> Only about, well, actually that, and uh, I've been chugging away at uh, Chrono Trigger on the DS. On my DS. The one I bought off you for... Joe Price. No money was exchanged. With uh, no uh, battery charger, I might add. I'm still waiting on that, Bill. Well, we don't need to get into that again. I am playing uh, Link to the Past still, having some fun on that. On yeah, the I saw you looking up a walkthrough on that. Well, it's getting, uh, you know, they hide the entrances to some dungeons, and it, I was getting frustrated walking around this. You know, walking around forever, walking around. How do I get here? I think the hard one is, is it the desert one in the bottom left corner? Is that the hard one to find? No, oh, I was trying to get up to, uh, I right. was I was on the right side of the map and I had to get to the left side and I just could not find a way over. And I'm like, what is, what is the, I hated, this madness? Uh, I hated when you always had to switch back and forth between the light and dark world. That's a thing too. Yeah. And I, ke- I kept forgetting I could do that because I'd put the game down for four days and go back to it and completely forget to uh, try switching around the worlds. But then once you switch to the other world, you can't just switch it back whenever you want. You got to go back to where you flip the switch unless you find a teleporter thing. 
Mm. Anyways, it's, uh, you know, I love the game and all that. It's just those moments where, oh, no, you go to this uh, area here and you stamp down the third post over from the left and that's how you get to the entrance. That's stuff that you'll never find without. Well, sure it is because when you initially get the game before all these walkthroughs and stuff, you'd, you'd be out there with your sword uh, chopping down every bush and with your yeah. hammer smashing everything that you exactly. could or picking up every rock. So that's exactly. essentially how you found everything, right? Yeah, I ain't got time for that nowadays. What okay. else you got to do? And I'm emulating on the PSP, and I've had it in the past on other Super Nintendo titles on there where my save files have disappeared. You know, I was playing rock and roll racing or something and had some save files, and they weren't there when I went back, so... I'm being very delicate with this machine. I'm not playing any other PSP titles. I'm not turning off the emulation. I'm not letting the battery die. Uh, it's just going into sleep mode and back and forth. So I got to play this game to completion before I, I'm allowed to do anything else on the PSP. I could have just lent you the cartridge. Well, yeah, it's too late at this point. I have too much. Uh, I'm too far into it. I got an extra one. Mm. What do no, you, I don't. What are, you, what are you talking? You knew I was looking for that forever. For that, I, know, I don't have an extra one. I've got uh, an extra Wii Zelda game. Mm. Yeah, I forgot. And as well, I uh, cracked open the uh, Shovel Knight game on the 3DS. And it's just as fun as everyone has said. Yeah, I'm going to grab that for the PS4. If I can find it at a decent price, maybe at, uh, I've got that upcoming toy convention uh, this Sunday uh, out in Mississauga here in Toronto. So we'll see what I can find there. Toy convention, eh? You know, if I were to, uh, say, have a uh, extremely professional-looking handbill made up promoting our podcast... Is that something you would uh, paper uh, some of the area around mm. that toy uh, toy exhibi- exhibition? Put a stack of them and, you know, where someone can get them? Sure. Yeah? Is there somewhere like, uh, you know, those touristy magazine rack kind of things? You know, because this is in a well, hotel, right? It's in a hotel. So is there anywhere like that where everyone lines up where you could, like, stash them where curiosity seekers would grab them? up in the hallway, but uh, they generally put out tables with water on them. Hmm. So I could put stacks there, and I could probably um, maybe put some in the uh, hotels. You know how hotels have, like, the, uh, what the hell is it called? Well, sections where they put, like, all the shit for tourists. Like, That's what I said, the tourist uh, yeah. magazine rack thing. Slide some in there. Yeah. Cool, man. You know, because I do get there two hours before the show. That's right. This is going to be a shit show of a weekend, man. Yeah. Working the Friday. Yeah, you bailed on me on Saturday. And then my son's got his uh, Taekwondo belt test Saturday morning. His belt test. So where they just give him a belt. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Master is very strict. 
and then I got to sleep, and then I got a, a thing. Uh, what's it called? An open house slash uh, engagement party to go to. And then I got to sleep, and then I got to get up early for the toy show, and then I got to sleep, and then go to work that night. Good. Fucked myself nice this weekend. Good. Well, you leave me by myself Saturday night, and we have a big deal going on here at work, which you've just left for me to do. Well, I didn't even know what was going on. So yeah, I wasn't sure intentional. You didn't. Sure. Anyway, I've got obviously the worst end of the stick. The worst end of the stick, eh? Yep. Is it whose open house is it? Anyone we know? No. Hmm. Nope. All right. So what you're looking at me, you want me to move on? Yeah, man. <laughs> you sound like you look like you want to say something. Well, I don't know what else. Uh, are we done with your weekend? Yeah, I think I'm done. Watching movies? Did we talk about... I watched Frozen. Did we talk about how I saw that Independence Day sequel? Did we talk about that a few weeks ago? No. I don't remember. That was a piece of work, let me tell you. <laughs> I can imagine since no one talks about it. As expected. It is, uh, it's really rotten. If they could put together an independence movie that was like if you took the uh, formula of an old war movie and did it like that, you could make a hell of a movie, a movie I think. Um, you know, you have the aerial war and you have the ground war and it's going all together. Just with aliens instead of like, uh, you know. Who directed that one? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, but it's awful. And they come up with these subplots that don't make any sense or really they serve no purpose. Yeah, it's just filler. It's um, like. Um, and they don't really explain why the subplot is supposed to be important to you. It's just kind of there. It's just to help you make you care for the characters more. That's all it is. Right, but it's not done in any kind of way to make that happen. There was one point where just uh, one of the side characters said something just offhand, uh, giving exposition to what happened after the initial invasion of the first movie. And he's like, uh, yes, here the ground war went on for 10 years. We fought them on the ground. I'm like, fuck, that sounds like a great movie right there. Why don't you do something like that? Ten years. Yeah. I thought they... Wouldn't that be cool? How these aliens, you got to fight them like... Uh... They found out how to eliminate the shields and take down all the ships. Mm -hmm. So does that mean like all these aliens survived and they were fighting them for ten years? Yeah, this was like uh, in Africa or somewhere. Hmm. Uh, there was this ground war for ten years where, you, you know, you're fighting them up close. I think that would be a great movie. Yeah, the thing is, though, they need to not Michael Bay up these movies, even though he doesn't do them. You should really just check out the Everything Wrong with uh, Movies internet channel and see their... What, their cin Cinema Sins? Cinema Sins on this, because they just explain it perfectly. Uh, y you don't need them to point out all the glaring problems with this movie, but luckily they do so, so well. And uh, uh, one of the Helmsworths was in it, I think. I think it was... Uh, Chet Helmsworth. Chet? Chet, yeah. Chester. Chester Helmsworth. 
Uh, would it be the younger one? I don't know. The non-Thor one? Yeah, non-Thor. Chet. Chester. Uh, well, speaking of movies, they announced speaking of. this week the uh, Academy Award nominees, didn't they? Uh, they did. I haven't had a chance to look at the list no, me yet. me neither. I know that... Um, I know that movie Arrival, it was nominated, I, I think, was it just for Amy Adams? I, I haven't looked at the list. I, I heard it was said I never got to see that in theater. And then they talked about how La La Land has uh, the most nominations with 14. Yeah. And then, it, and then that got me thinking about Ryan Gosling. Here we go. And how I think it was... Uh, I'm trying to think. The f- some French director from Canada is going to be directing the new Blade Runner or helping to produce it or something. But Ryan Gosling is the new Blade Runner character, right? Um, yeah, okay. So I'm really looking Might forward to that. Might have heard that. Well, he is. Hmm. You sound confident in that. Yeah, it's going into uh, post-production uh, later this year. I don't see notes in front of you. No notes because I read it online, (laughs) trucker. (laughs) So I'm really looking forward to that. Why are you really looking forward to that? Well. Did you like the first one? One, I like Ryan Gosling. (laughs) He's really good in a whole bunch of movies. Like, uh, well, you'd probably appreciate the one where he was that uh, getaway driver. Yeah, it was decent. What was it called? Drive? Drive. Yeah. And uh, I particularly enjoyed him in uh, Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, I got to admit, it was really good. You liked that one too? Yeah. I didn't think you did. No, mm. I, I made fun of you for it, but... Dude, it's a great movie. That's multiple watchings, that movie. It yep. grows on you. And uh, yeah, I can I'm a romantic, that. so that's why I like those kind of movies. <clears throat> no, it it's a well-done movie. And who did that movie? What's her face? Because uh, she's done terrible stuff after that too. Emma Stone? No, I'm thinking the director. Oh. Uh, shit. Okay. Sorry. But anyway. If I had my uh, phone, it would tell me. Oh, and by the way, he's also, which I found out, the most uh, decorated Canadian actor in history. Can you believe that? The most decorated. Who directed Crazy Stupid Love? Crazy Stupid Love was directed by Glenn Ficarra and John Rayqua. Hmm. Yeah, that means nothing. Who wrote Crazy Stupid Love? Crazy Stupid Love screenwriter was Dan Fogelman. Fogelman. Yeah. What else has he done? Dan Fogelman. Yeah, whole Fogelman. I wonder who I was thinking of before. This isn't who I was thinking of, but... Does it, um, does it tell you who's directing the new Blade Runner? So Gosling, the most decorated Canadian actor. actor. Hmm. Probably, are you saying that now? Because he's probably nominated for an Oscar right now, right? I think so, too. Who else would have been... Hmm. 
I'm I think, using I think my prior old phone, to, so uh, it's very uh, slow. I think prior to Ryan Gosling, it was Bruno Gerussi. I don't know who that is. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. You don't know who Bruno Gerussi is? No, who is that? Ask your stupid phone. <laughs> I can't, still thinking. How do so. you not know who he is, man? I don't know. Who is he? Come on. You, you're Bruno Kirby. I know who that is. Stop your phone and check it. What? I'm still looking up what Fogelman did Here's that I'm thinking shit. of. I tried my phone, but I got like, no connection here. <laughs> okay. Who is it? Bruno Gerusi. Who is Bruno Gerusi? I found seven movies matching Bruno. And then this, my phone said, who is Bruno and Ruby? <laughs> <laughs> well, mine brought up uh, some gay movies here. <laughs> who is Bruno Gerusi? Checking. Here's what I found on the web for who is Bruno Druzzi. <laughs> Not Druzzi. <laughs> Bruno Genovese. Gerusi. Who is Bruno Gerusi? I, I couldn't even spell what? that. Let me think about that. Yeah. Here's what I found on the web for who is Bruno Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why don't you just tell us, for Christ's sakes? Uh, well, it's a play on a joke, man. I was making... A funny piece. Is Bruno Gerusi, man. He's the guy from the Beachcombers. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ. Yeah, everyone got that. Jesus God Christ. Damn it, man. Making a Canadian joke? Because <laughs> we're talking about Gosling as a Canadian actor? Hmm. Okay, and Bruno Gerusi was uh, in Beachcombers. Who's the main guy? The Greek guy. And uh, which was a lot of boating. And Ryan Gosling's big break was in uh, the syndicated TV show Breaker High. That's right. Where so. a group of students traveled on a cruise ship from island to island at the same time uh, edumacating themselves. <laughs> Just islands? Well, across the oceans, whatever, man. Wherever the cruise ships went. Uh, I was going to say something else, too. Oh, did you know the Beachcombers ran for 17 seasons? Oh, my God. We're not doing Beachcombers again. We already had the Beachcombers episode. No one listened to it. I think it was more than that. I think it was 22. Is no, in it was my 17 head. seasons. 22 is in my head. No, you're wrong. That was a show that beat them, wherever it was. A show that beat them? Yep. Beachcombers was the longest-running Canadian show. Yeah, 17 seasons. I think it was 22. No. <laughs> Anyways, other terrible movies I watched. Uh, the Magnificent Seven remake. Turned out that was terrible. As you can imagine. Well, I almost sat down to watch it, and then I used... I think he told me not to, and then I sort of watched like the first minute, and I said, nope, this is not for me. Right, but uh, I'll tell you, the one um, standout, you have Denzel Washington, and you have uh, Star-Lord, and you have a bunch of other guys. Anyways, Denzel Washington and uh, Star-Lord, uh, two type of actors that always play themselves in every single movie, right? And then you've got uh, What's-His-Face, you know, the guy who played uh, Kingpin Daredevil? Yeah. What's his name? Kingpin. Um... I know. D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. He comes in and he's unrecognizable as 
Vincent D'Onofrio. As he does in every single role he does, you cannot tell him from one role to another. And that's an actor, boy. Let me tell you. True character actor right there. So he comes in, he's playing some wild, wild man, you know, stranded in the outback, kind of raised by wolves kind of character. And he's just unrecognizable as D'Onofrio. It's, I enjoyed seeing that performance. That was the only redeeming thing in this movie. Hmm. You want to see a good Magnificent Seven movie? Watch the original. Go watch the original. Deep Water Horizon, and watch that with your with uh, one of your boy toys, Mark Wahlberg. Well, that's the uh, the oil mining movie. Yeah, uh, yeah retells boring. the story of. Uh, Is it based on a true story nonsense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. But they just followed uh, your disaster movie formula to a T. You know, you meet the main players. They have perfect marriages. Yeah, and they got the family that makes, makes you want to care about them even more and yep. hope they survive because they got kids. They're so charming and uh, they're so in love everywhere. And then this thing happens and there's one bad guy, you know, that everyone can hate on. Yeah, it it was very extremely formulaic, and uh, I couldn't really pay attention to it. Mm. It was bad, um, but I, you know, I did see. That reminds me, just when I was at home cleaning up or whatever, on in the background, that Wahlberg movie Shooter came on, which I'd never seen before. Is that the one where he plays? Um, you mean the Wahlberg movie? Yeah. Where he plays the army uh, sniper. Sniper. Yeah, I watched that. Well, I've seen that twice, I think. I've never seen it because I hate Mark Wahlberg movies except for his comedies. And uh, it was, I was really drawn to it. I kept, uh, I was be doing something, then I'd have to sit back down and watch this a little bit more. It was actually, I think it was pretty good. Like there was really big, a uh, um, lot of. Uh, scenes that we you know you go this is impossible what he's pulling off right here but otherwise there was i don't know i kept uh, there was some good twists in it and it seemed compelling i think really i am loving it a lot more because there was a huge part for levon helm in there and you got to hear levon talk and act and i was really loving that i didn't realize he was in there yeah yeah man mm. he played some old guy well, we see the old waxing, guy in the mountains that yeah. uh, he went up to get some. Oh, okay. Yeah, waxing poetic, and I he never knew clued in. he knew everything that was going on. And then, of course, like an army of militia come to uh, get Wahlberg, and he somehow escapes it by carefully placed explosives. The one thing I didn't like about that movie was the ending. It's far fetched. That's the word I was using before. Far fetched. I was looking for because the ending just made it seem like. Real justice was it going to be served? Yeah. And he seemed to have an ace in the hole that he didn't reveal until the very end of the yeah. movie. Like, he didn't have to be on the run because he could have just revealed that at any time. And like, oh, you don't got me because here's the real evidence. But instead, they chase him around for two hours. Anyways, it was still a pretty good chase kind of movie. And... Uh, <sighs> I couldn't believe it. That was a Wahlberg drama that I, you know, well, he doesn't all I do, watched. Doesn't always do all bad movies. Well, he's a, he's a terrible, terrible actor. 
and that's got a great why. Body. That's why I love like, I love his comedy stuff, especially when he teams up with uh, Will Ferrell because he's such a bad actor. No, the, the I didn't comedy like that stuff movie, comes off really together. good. I loved it. I loved it because he's he's he can't act, so it just comes off naturally. This comedy stuff for him. Well, that's why probably the Ted movies work too, right? Absolutely. Anything else? Seems like you got a lot of time on your hands uh, watching TV or watching movies at home. And two, I don't believe that you're cleaning up at home. Yeah, true. But uh, no, it's because, um, I don't know. Why were you cleaning up? I'm getting free time here at work because you're doing what? I don't know what. You're not talking to me. You're, really? all, you're all grumpy pants no, and in your own world. Oh, and you took all that time off. That's right. This is where I was getting all this done. Remember, you took a few days off. I took two days off. As well. I went down a little YouTube uh, rabbit hole. With uh, I started checking out these uh, Stanley Kubrick type videos uh, on The Shining, where people are uh, exposing certain little things in The Shining. That may explain it, what Kubrick was going for. You know the movie The Shining? Well, I know the movie, but I haven't seen all of it. What? You haven't seen all of The Shining? No, I've never seen all of it. What a f- Jesus Christ. Come on. Come I know on. All the, I know all the key parts in Come there and on. all the references that people make references to. No, you don't. Jesus Christ. Anyways... My God. Anyways, we're sitting you down, and we're going to do it old school, like when you're in a theater, and you can't get up and leave. You can't go fix yourself a bowl of spaghetti. I don't do that in a theater. I don't leave when you, I'm watching a movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. It'll be like a theater where you're locked in there. You can't move. You have to sit there and watch the whole thing. Did you that's know that's how you got... need to experience this movie. So you can feel... You don't even realize what Kubrick was doing in the frame to make you, the audience, feel uncomfortable and shifty. You were just feeling that way. You don't know why. And these little mini documentaries were really tapping into it and opening my eyes to it. Hmm. Like his architecture of that hotel is completely impossible. It contains impossible angles. And so they postulate that... Because Kubrick was a perfectionist with every shot, right? He'd do retakes 102 times over and over and over and over again right and then you know they were some people would say he's making the actor do these retakes over and over again it's not because uh something was amiss or whatever he wants to rile up that actor and get that natural exhaustion and an exaggeration in their performance that only 102 takes will will make you know but uh there's the manager's office, for instance, of the hotel, when, he, when the family first shows up and they're touring around the hotel and he finally uh, walks around into the manager's office. Do you remember that shot? No. Nope. Anyways, it's a tracking shot. So you can see down the hallway and you turn a corner and you go into this manager's office and behind the manager is this big window with like a lot of sunlight coming in and trees and shit. But if you were to write down the blueprint of that shot and where that office is situated, that window is in a, is not possible. 
because you actually walked into like a U-turn. So there would be no window there. It should be a wall. Okay. Things like that, that there's no way Kubrick would let that go non-intentionally. And there's tons of other continuity errors, which normally would be a continuity error, but because it's a Kubrick film, there must be a reason why, you know, that uh, the typewriters change. You know, the typewriter he's working on? So why do they change? Some people say it's just a continuity error. Others people say, well, that's that signifies there's one uh, there's one theory out there that when the typewriter changes, that's when uh, Jack Nicholson's character changes from the writer to the actual subject of the book. Hmm. And there's a huge centerpiece on one of the tables that just disappears after a certain scene. And they say, well, that signifies exact moment when Jack is, the author is lost into the book and where the character is now what you're seeing. But Kubrick never uh, confirmed any of this or spoke about it himself? No, I've never seen any of this. And I've seen uh, the Kubrick documentary behind the scenes of The Shining. I think his wife shot it. And... uh, I don't remember seeing any of these revelations, but there's tons of just those little things, continuity errors that mm, there's no way that Kubrick would have let it go. And other times where his creation of uh, shots, compositionally, how they transition into each other is is just like a, a chess player who can see his moves 12 moves in advance. You know, the, the crest of the establishing shot exterior with the mountain turns into the, uh, the peak of the hotel, which turns into the lobby, which has the exact same geometric features of the previous shot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. Except this time it's made up by a, a gaggle of people or maybe a pile of luggage, but it all overlaps each other shot-wise. It's just crazy. So, yeah, I went down quite a rabbit hole with the Shining documentaries. And the big one is called uh, Room 237. And it's uh, four or five people just explaining their theories, all voiceover with clips of the movie. And then they'll show you, like, they'll superimpose stuff over the shots of the movie. But you never see who's talking. It's all voiceover. And uh, they're showing you what they're talking about through the movie clips. Cool. Oh, sounds interesting. Maybe one time we'll have to sit down and watch it together. Yeah, totally. And they even explain, you know, because Stephen King hated uh, Kubrick's vision of the novel. And uh, so they explained, they even showed like little FUs that Kubrick might have put in the movie to Stephen King. Just say, this is not yours. This is mine now. (laughs) Stuff like that. And even clips of, do you remember Stephen King put out his own Shining movie? It was like a made-for-TV. He's yep, like, this yep. is my movie. This is how The Shining could be. And it's, it's an embarrassing thing to watch. I think Tim Daly starred in it. Yeah, most of his uh, made-for-TV movies, I think, turned off a lot of people. Look that one up. I think that one's on YouTube. You can look that one up. No, thanks. <laughs> well, speaking of things that, Speaking of. Speaking of. (laughs) 
Just you were talking about that. I've got something that I do want to see, though, and it's coming up soon. It's on, uh, well, I'm not going to watch it on Netflix because Netflix is a piece of shit. So I'll obtain it some other ways, but uh, it's called the Santa Clarita Diet. Mm. Oh, about tell, this me, one? tell me more. I know. Well, the title's a little weird, but it's uh, sort of like a black comedy. It stars uh, Drew Barrymore, Timothy Oliphant, Patton Oswalt, and Nathan Fillion. Fillion. <laughs> well, Oliphant, is, that's one of your stable of steeds. Yes, I do like him. He's, uh, most of the stuff he does is pretty good. He's got that appeal to him. I'm not a big Drew Barrymore fan, but uh, this one, she's, uh, they're a family living together. Stupid phone. They're a family living together, and she's actually undead, or becomes undead. And to survive, she has to eat body parts, right? Yeah, I guess it's a zombie thing, but it's a new new take it's on it. It's a new take on it. So they're living, they, they agree to keep this a secret within their family and live as a family with it, right? Yeah, so she's they like have to completely go around. normal, except for... Yeah, like she's not, uh, she can still talk, she still functions, she just needs to eat human flesh. Yeah, but so it's, it's funny. They go around killing people for her to survive, and having to get rid of the evidence is part of the comedy and, and struggles that they have to go through, right? So... Yeah, I think Netflix, too, they were keeping this, like, way under wraps. There was... The only talk coming out was Drew Barrymore was doing something for Netflix, and it was going to be like a, a situation. Yeah, they gave comedy. it like a different uh, theme or premise, so no one could really figure it out. Yeah, but the trailer's fine. Check out the trailer because it looks uh, looks yeah. pretty good. Santa Clarita, C A C L A R I T A diet. And uh, I'm trying to remember who who the show uh, creator is. It's uh... oh, he's the guy that did. Uh... Andy Richter controls the universe. Oh, I did like that show. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a little while. It's gonna be good. Yeah, and hope well. And I think it's, it's on gonna, Netflix, so I guess it'll stick around for at least a little bit, right? Yeah, it'll have the full season. Yeah. And I think it's gonna be packed full of cameos. I think the Patton Oswalt and Nathan Filione. Oh, I hope not. Is, uh, is cameo. I hope they don't rely on that premise. Well, come on, it's fun. Uh. In other Netflix news, oh. big deal for uh, Seinfeld. Just when you thought this guy couldn't make any more money, <laughs> uh, Netflix bought his uh, crackled internet show, uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Right. So, so the whole thing's going to Netflix. Yeah. So they've bought all the current episodes, which I think was around 60 or something. And then they've agreed to make another three seasons of the show. Mm, it's crazy. At Crackle, yeah, they got nothing now. And uh, it looks bad on HBO, too, because HBO was in the running for yeah, it. Yeah, HBO, I don't know why they didn't. Well, I don't know. Who knows what Netflix, I forget what the amount was. Like, some crazy, it was in the hundreds of millions, I think, mm, right? I don't remember. I think uh, it's weird because HBO Canada airs it, so I don't know how much of a hold they had on it, but yeah, it's going uh, big because deal. Hulu still owns 
Is it Hulu that owns the actual Seinfeld TV episodes? Who got that contract? Hmm. I think it was Hulu. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So they probably couldn't afford to pay for this. Huh. But, uh, yeah, yeah good on Seinfeld. Yeah, that's another great series. If you haven't checked it out, the comedians in, comedians in cars getting coffee. Mm. And it's back on right now, I think. Just go to, uh, just do a Google search for that and you'll, it'll bring it up. It's a great yeah. series. Yeah, I think the most recently he's had on uh, the great Norm MacDonald. Well, the last one I watched was uh, the comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. Of course. It was a very funny Italian comedian. Yeah, there's a lot of those. And uh, <laughs> well, I'm sure Norman McDonald was exciting. Uh, I bet that's probably one of the best episodes he I'm surprised, had. Surprised uh, Seinfeld didn't fall asleep while he was talking because of his monotonous and monotonous. Uh, monotonous. That's a word. And Norm, drove them both off the road. Norm MacDonald is a genius. That's oh, why man. he was Letterman's favorite man, guest. Man, what are you talking about, man? Yeah, man. You know, if we yeah. had more time, I would love to tell a great Norm MacDonald no, joke, but it's, it's a long form. I don't have time for that. Long form joke. So we have to move on. We gotta before we wrap things up. Do our little uh, video tip of the uh, tip of the week. Last week we talked about lighting. We uh, asked for more uh, backlights to be used in addition to your uh, your uh, key and your fill lights. And actually, Musty Hobbit put up a backlight for his latest videos. So that was cool to see. It's tough getting lighting right. What you got to do is you got to sit someone down who's relatively your height and you got to let them sit there for like an hour while you, while you jerk around with the lightings. I think we also forgot to mention if you use like a spotlight kind of light to diffuse it down, you got to put some kind of, we used to call it scrim. Do you remember uh, scrim? Yeah, it's like, uh, best way to describe it, it's like a, uh Almost like a wax paper kind of thing. Well, but more fabricy. More, well, yeah, more fabricy, so it doesn't. Well, obviously, so it doesn't burn, but well, it allow it just diffuses the light, so that it's not such a harsh glare. It's not it, so you don't get the harshness of the light directly on you and, and getting stuff washed out. Yeah, so you put this the 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 at home tip for using scrim is you can use uh, uh, dryer sheets. Yeah, is perfect scrim. That's what Providing your light small enough. Exactly. Exactly right. Now, most lighting kits nowadays are the reflective umbrella types, so you don't even have to worry about that kind of thing. But that's the uh, addendum to last week's tip. This week, you wanted to move on to, I think. I said something? <laughs> yes, you were going on again about audio oh. and how you can make audio better. Was I? I think I was just complaining and getting angry about... Uh... <laughs> Some audio that I have to listen to on YouTube where it's uh, very hollow or it's very quiet. Uh, <clears throat> well, there's it, no way around it other than just getting yourself like some lavalier mics or getting like a really good directional mic. You know what I mean? It, it costs money. Yeah. It's a money thing. It does. A lot, a lot of us are shooting with our phones. So how are you going to hook up an external microphone to our phone? Well, you could use... Uh, that website that I went to, I was looking for my iPhone. It's got, it's got a directional mic you can plug into the bottom of your iPhone. Oh yeah, there's well the iRig. The oh iRig yeah, people. sorry yeah. The, if you got an iPhone, you can go to the iRig 
IRIG website, and they've got like microphones, little mini ones you can plug into the bottom of your iPhone and, and actually direct it towards wherever you're shooting, right? So if you're shopping for a, for a camcorder for your projects, uh, top of the list to me is an external audio input, either uh, XLR or just a plain old, you know, regular phono input. Because then that just opens up a world of uh, better audio for you. Now, if you're going to get that, like a shotgun microphone, like you're talking about, that you most people see it attached to the front of their camera or the big fuzzy thing stuck into it, try to make some kind of boom and have that over top your head as close to the top of the camera frame as possible, but not showing get that you it's got to be as close as humanly possible yeah but most people aren't shooting that far away so it's not really as the more far away you're getting from the camera the more hollow it's getting so if you can have a boom set it up just over your head and you can get it really close and it not be in camera that's your best bet if you don't have lapel mics yeah because you know you can have bad lighting, you can have bad picture quality, and you'll still watch it. But if you got shit audio, I think that's, for me, that's the real deciding factor in whether or not I actually listen to something or watch something. You know, bad audio on a podcast, I don't listen to it. Yeah, I've always been uh, an audio person too, so. Sorry? I've always been an audio person as well. Well, Audio's that's the main thing, right? So yeah, that's my uh, that's my tip for this week. Uh, what do you mean your tip? <laughs> well, I said the boom part. You said uh, buy microphones. Yeah, but I'm saying most of the people that we watch could probably get away without doing the hassle of the boom mic and just have it resting where the camera is because they're I within disagree. a certain they're within a certain distance. That is I'm shit. Just, no, no, do not listen to that side of the tip. <laughs> Waste your time and do a whole bunch of extra nonsense that you won't need. You have to have if the you listen mic. Listen to that side of the tip. As we've we've talked about this when we've had guests on and stuff like that who have a real microphone and yet they keep it like still three or four feet away from them, and we're like, "Can you bring that mic?" Yeah, but right these are shit face? fucking table mics. I'm, t yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't matter. I could have it right in front of my face. It's still garbage. These you, fucking blue mics that you made us buy. Yeti mass. Why are you going off on a tangent? The uh, The basic principle still applies to get it as close to your face as possible. That's because these ones have to be. These, I'm not going on a big defense of these mics, which are pretty good, by the way. Anyways, hang it above your head, just out of camera frame. How about you just get a good mic first and see how that works it'll but be don't an improvement it, over what you don't got anyway. have it where the camera is it's too far away as as not if far like back as you away move from it, the camera you will get more of the room room the boominess of the room the not farther it is away from the subject just the put camera. it up to your face and these tips are going to work out great all right all right i'm signing off man okay poster and poster Ha <laughs> ha